Magic and Mythos. A deep dive into the history of magic with, with two, two modern mages. Hey everyone. Hi. That's our favorite way to start the show. Hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're back again for Magic and Mythos. I am Katie. And I am Amber. Hey Amber. We're your hosts. We're your co-hosts, your gals, your peeps no You're, don't say that yeah i, I was don't. trying to think of other things i'm just you know i just have to say i am dead inside <laughs> you're dead inside wow. no i'm not i'm just drained i'm so tired hey it was a long year it was such a long year we're back we're back. in a new era hopefully yeah doesn't hope- feel too different but hopefully some improvements yeah you know, Crossing my fingers. Highs and lows in every year. It was particularly high and particularly low for me this past year. Yeah. So um, I'm going to call it the year who shall not be named. I like that. Because I can't even say 2020. <laughs> 20, uh, you're like, oh, it just uh, won't come out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired. I mean, uh, yeah, it's been a super tough year and... I also, on top of like working full time and doing this amazing podcast, which this is the best. Yeah. This is like the fun part, right? Exactly. The podcast is the fun part. But besides that, also, as you know, I'm doing this coding class and it's just, it's so draining. I'm so tired. I feel like I don't have a moment to breathe. Because the crazy thing is that you have a full time job. You're doing this kind of night school Full-time. Full-time <laughs> on much. top of your full-time job. Yeah. And we're not in our 20s anymore. No, it's And that's a, a different struggle. story. Because even I'll say, so I work full-time and I run a nonprofit and I have this kind of like mask making, sewing thing that kind of yeah. takes my time up a lot. And I actually think it's less about like being in our 30s and not having the stamina for me. I think it's like I forgot how to multitask during the pandemic. I just because everything went away and I finally even I was furloughed for a month and had a chance to like breathe. I came back even six months later and I'm like, wait, I have to do all of these things at the same time again. Maybe I don't actually want to do that. (laughs) So it's been interesting. It's been such a time for reflection. And also, it really has highlighted the fact that we really need to take care of ourselves more. Huge. Very, yeah. It's wild. And I've been working with this nutrition coach lately, which has been fascinating, just to kind of learn about food and my relationship to food. And something she hearkens on, she will like assign me an hour of self-care time per week. And that could be 10 minutes a day. That could be a full hour. So like I've been taking more baths lately and spending time with myself and like actually setting time to read. And I've been reading like crazy. I mean, our book club gets me reading, which is really nice. We we belong to a book club with a bunch of people. And But isn't it interesting that I'm sure that now that she has required you to do it, you've reflected on how much you didn't do it before. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with like drinking water. I was like, oh, I drink water. And it's like, girl, you've been drinking like 20 ounces a day. You need to be drinking 80 ounces a day. Like I forget to drink water all the time. Yeah. It's wild. And it really affects so much. I'm going to get off of my nutrition uh, horse right now and tell you what we're doing today. Oh, yeah. Today we are going to talk about herbalism, botanical magic. This was such an exciting, exciting episode for us. Yeah, because what's to, your relationship to it? To research. Yeah. So I, first of all, I absolutely, I mean, here's the thing. You cannot separate, forget magic. You definitely can't separate magic, but you can't separate life. Living. Yeah. Living on this earth from plants. Yeah, because I see can't. all y'all out there who love just living on chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. But, which is fine, like, no judgment, but also, you gotta have the veggies. You also, yeah, absolutely, and even just, I got, we got our house uh, yeah. a year, now it's been like a year and a half, It our, was our first house, and having, and the one thing that sold us was the beautiful backyard and it's the great. garden, and we just have these amazing, gorgeous plants and it's just which are separated by a fence from your dogs which is key here yes we just did that too we got our fence fixed and added a gate 
to the area where I'm going to have my garden. So yes. ain't nobody coming up in there. Exactly. And so I, I love that. And it's just perpetuated my love for, for gardening even more. So I just, you know, I, and now as you've seen Katie, my house is almost the jungle. I have like 8,000. It. it looks so good. <laughs> plants inside my house as well. Yeah. I just want to live in a jungle. You got those big leafy tropicals. Yes. I, put the fake version uh in wallpaper up you know you helped me do it, that i know put the wallpaper up that looks uh, so with good the big though. tropical ferns it's just one wall guys don't worry about it it looks fantastic thank you i think we did a great job i think we did a great job too it looks great uh yeah so we're talking about botanical magic and i yeah i think there's it's the the building block it's the first step in spell casting exactly. and ritual and the ways that we incorporate plants are absolutely endless. So I'm going to start by talking about flowers and the way that we split it up today. I'm talking flowers, Amber's talking herbs, and I'm just going to begin with a quote from the book, The Magic of Flowers, A Guide to Their Metaphysical Uses and Properties by Tess Whitehurst. Shout out to Tess. I don't know you, but you're probably cool. Okay. <laughs> A flower is a manifestation of divine beauty and wisdom. And while each flower's vibration is unique, what it expresses is universal. It's available to all of us and is already a part of us. Flower magic then might be defined as employing a flower as a focal point for our intention to affect a desired positive change. Booyah. Love it. Love it. Flowers and herbology in general fall under the earth magic category. So if we we're going to categorize magic, the element of earth in Wicca and other Western magical traditions is one of the five major elements from which all life is sustained. And I say Western magical traditions, but I know in Eastern magical traditions, there's also elemental aspects. So forget that I said that. <laughs> anyway, the earth is, of course, mother. We come from it, we return to it, and so flowers act as a reminder of fleeting moments and the cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth. It's awesome. I won't go too deeply into the history of herbology, but of course we know that, like Amber said, I mean, as long as humans have been alive and it, that we've inhabited the earth, our lives have been intertwined with botanicals, and we've always depended on plants for a variety of necessities, from food to healing to housing to rituals. I mean, you name it, we've incorporated plants think, yeah i don't think there's anything that yeah has yeah it. like do you have any paintings on canvases that's a plant yeah. yes that comes from cotton do you have any clothes made of cotton speaking of i'm probably wearing a cotton blend shirt right now there you go that's a plant. my bed sheets are linen there oh you go. hey and yeah if you take elderberry syrup when you have a cough that's a plant so plants are connected to our survival and in more ways no, than one. No two ways about it. No two ways about it. It's just one way and it is surviving. Yes. Eat your veggies, guys. That's going to be the, <laughs> that's the theme of this episode the is actually. That's the takeaway. Eat your veggies. Yeah. We should just name the episode, episode Eat Your Veggies. Producer Eva, write that down. <laughs> so plants and flowers are very unique to their locations and regions as well. I mean, there are some that you might see in these big swaths of places, but and of course, you know, being in a modern world, we can transport different plants here and there and to different countries, whatever. Sometimes we do and we shouldn't, but eh, whatever. Um, so here in the Pacific Northwest, we see an abundance of temperate rainforest plants. So evergreen trees abound. Poppies are always out in springtime and lavender covers everything come spring and summer. It rains. So of course, lots of things grow here and they don't call Portland the Rose City for nothing. Amber, have you ever been to the International Rose Test Garden in June when they bloom? Oh, my God. A sight to behold. To behold. It's like my, it was my number one Tinder date spot for a while. Don't tell Chris. No, you can tell him. It's fine. <laughs> Did you take him there? I don't think we've been there. Oh, okay. No, he's my he sacred has, okay. Tinder date. You, okay. Your, it was your Tinder date. Yeah. You met him on Tinder. I met him on Tinder. And you have not gone there with him. And I haven't gone, because... Look, it was different from the first moment. <laughs> I'm just, calling you out right now. I loved him. Okay. So the Rose Test Garden here in Portland is, it is an international, incredible place where like hundreds of varietals of roses are grown. And there are like 
colors upon colors and mixtures and spots and stripes and it's unbelievable if and you so ever come to portland you must see it forget voodoo donuts yeah forget, I, you read my mind forget voodoo donuts you've got to see the rose garden oh my gosh it's beautiful and it's like up on this hill so you can just see everything it's awesome and so i'm thinking of like in terms of flower magic roses are a great place to start so part of that is thinking you know flowers can be flowers can be associated with colors they have aromatherapy aspects all kinds of stuff it makes me think of like the victorian color coding where like yellow is friendship and remembrance red is love and passion white's innocence and purity as well as respect for the dead things like that so there's many different colors and many different meanings it's really fascinating like i always wonder why you see white daylilies at funerals that kind of thing So roses have been associated with magic since at least the ancient Greek times where they were attributed to Aphrodite. It was said that when Hector was slain at Troy by Achilles, his blood sprouted white roses on the beach from which the goddess of love, Aphrodite, well, rose up. Okay. (laughs) Awkward. Pun.com. Because of their connection to love and passion, roses are often used in love magic. Mm, give mm. me that love. Give me that love magic. Some apothecaries believe that roses and their petals ward off evil and can be good luck charms to those who carry them. Check. Roses can promote love and stimulate the old libido. Ooh, I know. Give me some roses. I know. I'm like, actually, I need to go. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's fine. Um, it's been a long year. <laughs> So you get love, luck, protection. I can totally vibe with those things. And even in ancient Egypt, our favorite, roses were viewed as sacred. So they were often buried in tombs and attributed to the goddess Isis, who I think is is similarly set up like Aphrodite. Similar. Similar, but not the same. Okay. In terms of medicine, roses are used to strengthen the immune system, reduce insomnia, depression, anxiety, and reduce menstrual cramps. So I'm going to need to add that to my shopping list. Oh, my god! Mines are the worst. I did not know that. And mine is, yeah, I'm on the floor crying yeah. my eyes Two out. days off work. It's the worst. It's not good. So I need some rose, whatever. I'm going to, I will, I will be. Eat, I'll just see you eating raw roses. I know. I'm just shoveling petals into my mouth. I'm like walking down the street. I know I said I wouldn't <laughs> steal them, but whatever. Sign me up. So. Whether you're carrying rose petals, wearing rose water or oil, or you keep a bouquet in in bloom by your bedside, there are plenty of options to incorporate these magical flowers into your practice, many of which I will talk about in just a bit. Hold, please. No, okay. Another Pacific Northwest staple is lavender, like I said. So before I started doing research for the episode today, I was thinking about flowers that I tend to incorporate into my daily practice, mm-hmm. and lavender is just always involved. Mostly, lavender is just amazing. Yeah, it's super versatile in the ways that you can use it, and it. I also have a huge lavender plant growing outside of my front door right now, so I could easy just grab, yeah, grab a little bit when I come in. And I haven't, I've only... And it's so easy to grow. It's so easy. To, it's just easy all around yeah, to take and, care of. And, and we moved into our house in October, so I haven't had time to set up an herb garden because it's gotten cold. So that one is just available, which is awesome. So I, I usually keep a small sachet under my pillow or around my bed to get that smell flowing. It just always smells really soothing to Combat me. And I that B.O. I know, girl. It's bad. <laughs> anyway, so... It just smells soothing, and I usually gravitate towards lavender-scented soaps and beauty products. And it turns out that those are, I mean, soothing is a great word to associate with lavender. It's used as a sleep aid, and it has many magical properties around calming and soothing people and things like that. So the word lavender comes from the Latin word lavare, which means to wash, and it includes many antiseptic and antibacterial properties. Hence the reason why you often see it used in soaps and other cleaning solutions, but it's often used in cosmetics, perfumes, turned into oils, and used in ritual baths. Believe me, I know. Ha ha ha. Yes, lavender ritual baths. Lavender baths. Ooh. So lavender is associated with the fourth and seventh chakra, that's heart and crown, respectively. So using lavender during meditation or prayers can help you 
to be more open in receiving and feeling spiritual or ancestral guidance. Some even say that if you rub lavender on your clothes, the scent may attract lovers towards you. Ooh, give so me lovers. remind me not to put that on. Just kidding. Oh, I mean, just kidding. Whatever, Chris. Shh. Now, okay, so David, I'm, too. I know. Hello, David. Okay. Now I'm just going to rattle off a few flowers and their magical properties. And I am totally selfishly going to talk about ones that I love or that mean something to me because hey, I can. You're the one speaking. <laughs> I'm the one talking. So, starting with bleeding hearts, they are associated with beauty and pain, mm. emotional availability and healing depression, attracting love, cherry blossoms, which also bloom. In, on the waterfront here in Portland, and they're stunning. Oh, so beautiful during cherry blossom season. Yeah, also kind of the May-June time, super beautiful. They are associated with divine love, forgiveness, gentleness, remembering one's primal innocence, and romance. Aww. Love it. Chrysanthemum, longevity, mental clarity, optimism, protection, solving mysteries, and soothing grief. Daisies, which are my mom's favorite flower, shout out are associated with health, simplicity, purification, and wealth. Nice. Another favorite of mine that I used to have a huge flower in my backyard is foxglove, mm. which is a nightshade, which can be dangerous, yes. so be careful. That's connected to courage, fairy connection, heart healing, and protection. Honeysuckle. This is a nasty boy. This one <laughs> activates your intuition, which is great. It also awakens sexuality and releases sexual blocks. So I'm like, ooh. So what does it mean if I'm if I've just always been drawn to honeysuckle? <laughs> I that's a good question. What does that mean? I mean, we were taught as we kids. We might have to is, delve deeper into that question on another yeah, episode. Yeah, that's, we're gonna have one honeysuckle episode. But like when we were <laughs> Katie kids, on honeysuckle. I know. Episode. Me just like we used to like nip the ends off yeah. and suck the like the dew out, not the dew. What's it called? Uh, the bees of it. No, no, the Pol- sap is tea. It's not pollen. Sap is tree. Y'all know what we're talking about. You know it's what, water. You know that And thing. it's like real sweet and tastes really good. And it's just, it's the such juices. like a Southern redneck thing to do to just pull the car over and, or walk down the gravel, whatever. It's great. So that is helpful. Jasmine stands for abundance, joy, sensuality, and attractiveness. Sexual healing. Ooh, give me that. Mm, mm, mm. Sexual uh, Yep. I'm not going to sing. Relaxation. My singing was horrible. I'm sorry. I thought it was beautiful. I understand if you never want to hear me. We will miss you. Goodbye. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Now it is only Katie Watkins. I know. (laughs) Hi. It's still me. So another Southern flower that I love is the magnolia. Uh, This is associated with awakening ancient wisdom, fidelity, goddess energy, independence and personal power, and wonderment and awe. And I love that wonderment and awe because it does make me think, you know, when the giant white magnolia flowers would open up. It just makes the whole town city smell so beautiful. And you can cut the flower off at the base of the flower, put it in a bowl and float it in a bowl of water. We used to put one in the kitchen and one in the bathroom and it makes the whole house smell so good for like a week. And it's just beautiful. So I wish that I could do that here. Anyway, uh, marigold. So marigold you see again in a day of the dead celebrations a lot. And they stand for cleansing and detoxification, happiness, health and healing, healing depression and skin healing. And they're also to help the dead cross over and come back. And they serve as kind of a bridge, which is really nice for Day of the Dead celebrations. Poppy. Poppy is another huge one in the Northwest. Yeah, they are. They help with calm energy, communion with the infinite invisibility overcoming addiction which is interesting that is i did not know that and that is very ironic yeah because they are so associated with isn't it ironic opiates there Just you go i sang again i love it this is like we're starting off on a on a new foot this year <laughs> and they also stand for making peace with the dead or making peace with death actually for oh. yourself or others wow. perspective relaxation and sleep and surrender and release so snapdragons, which were my favorite as a kid, only because of the name, work with hex reversals, owning your power, protection and truth. And then vervain, uh, that gives you a connection to the fairy realm, eternal love, good luck, healthy balance of work and play, heart healing, joy, lightening up, magic and physical healing. So, of course, there are 
many, 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 many more flowers out there in the world that have their own unique meanings. You are more than welcome to Google them. Yes, Google foo <laughs> I, all the way. I do. I love a lot of different we'll, flowers. We have to revisit. I mean, this is yeah. Such we'll a do a round huge, two. Huge, huge topic. It's massive. It is. So yeah, I was really paring stuff down. I was I was, was going into really like hard. the eight pages. I was like, oh, that's too many. Yeah, it was so. really hard to cut down. We did you guys a favor. Yeah, we kept you. it tight. We kept it tight. Well, sort of. But anyway, (laughs) so there's a few ways that you can incorporate flowers into your witchcraft practice. And I'm just going to roll with a few of those. These are not all of them, of course. One thing you can do with flowers is place them on your altar. And you can do dried flowers or living flowers. I have a couple, you know, I when I receive flowers, especially roses, I feel maybe primarily roses. I usually hang them upside down and dry them. Yeah. And I definitely keep a couple of smaller little baby roses on dried on my altar because they remind me of a really wonderful evening where I got those flowers so and that's a great thing about flowers is if you dry them they just they look gorgeous still they last forever rather than them just dying and then throwing them out or yeah and I hang it upside down because it tends to keep the color a little bit I actually used dried flowers in our wedding that's my our bouquets that's awesome we're yeah dried flowers so pretty I'm gonna write that down okay (laughs) so you can also use flowers to honor the moon And the life cycle of a flower can represent the phases. So, you know, if you have a big giant bloom, maybe that stands for the full moon. Or Mm -hmm. if it's like a sapling or seed or seedling, that would be more like a new moon, waxing moon kind of idea. So you can also make a flower crown. And that act of doing that, I know they're stunningly beautiful and they're fun to make. That connects you with the fertile creative energy of the earth. Just mentioned this before, but please Make sure that you do not go up in somebody's yard. Don't steal. And try to steal flowers from their house. Because I don't know if this has happened to you, but I have seen, I have, I had one rosebud left and it was about to bloom. Oh no. One beautiful rosebud. And I came home from work one day and I will smell that right when I walk in my gate. And it was gone. It was cut like with scissors. That's so upsetting. And so I. I couldn't believe it. I have walked come back from walking my dogs and seeing a neighbor not notice I was coming back and literally snap a huge chunk of lavender because yeah. I have tons of lavender bushes around my house. Yeah. And like and not even nicely or carefully but just go like snap chunk it. and just a chunk of mm. and I was like just ask first just I know ask. you're like I have and plenty I'm happy to share but I'm I'd so rather share. like had, snip like, it off I've had and people, respect the plant yeah I've had people come and knock on our door mm-hmm. to be like do you mind if we and I'm totally cool with it yeah but just ask be thoughtful just just be and thoughtful. just do it respectfully yeah. if you're gonna do it anyway so don't do that and also don't steal wildflowers from parks because a lot of times those are placed there on purpose yeah. and they also don't belong to you and that feels very disrespectful <laughs> be thoughtful to, to the earth. Yeah. Be thoughtful. That's it. So with these not stolen flowers that you find <laughs> or gather, you can soak in a flower petal bath, which I've done and it's just I epic. Love it. It's so epic. It, it's it's so lush. Oh God, I know. It makes me feel like a rich lady. Every time, rich in in everything, you know, inner richness, gross, but yeah, love it. I'll do like rose petals and especially if you have like a smelly bouquet that's a few days gone. Yes. And is maybe towards the time when you might start to think about throwing it out in a few days and you can take those real smelly petals and drop them in a bath and put some, sprinkle some lavender bud things in there and oh, it's just, it's luscious. So, yeah, with that, you know, you explore the Coming flowers. Out, smell like potpourri. I know. I will. Yes. Oh, girl. I'm about mm. to go home and take a bath. I know. Can we pause the podcast? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'll be Wait, back. Wait, next time. Let's just record from the bath, right? Okay. That's what you wanted. Yeah, we're friends. We're friends. We can do that. So, yeah, that way, I mean, you get to explore the flowers energy. You can set your intention as you get in the bath and then just reabsorb that power in the in the water that's soaking into your skin. Just, ooh, mm. Who needs bath bombs? But you could also do a bath bomb, let's be honest. So you can use magically charged water to water your cut or potted flowers. And that could be moon water, which Mm -hmm. is pretty simple to 
make you just set a glass jar of water out under the moon specifically not plastic yeah specifically not plastic because then it's all toxinified so yeah set it out in a glass jar of some kind under the moon you can set crystals around it you can also do crystal water which is putting the crystals into the water to charge it and that soaks up some of their energy and use that to water your plants. And uh, you can add flower petals to make an herb bundle, which is great for smoke cleansing your space. You can celebrate the Sabbath or charge your altar with that herb bundle. It also smells really great, usually. You can also brew a rose petal beauty potion, which you drink to raise your energy and enhance your natural Ooh, beauty I'm from the inside out. I know. I think that's what this year is going to be about. We'll talk about it later, but we're talking about self-care. So you can also spread your intentions. This is a little quick mini, mini, mini spell. With one flower containing multiple petals, you can focus your intention, pluck each petal, and as you let it drop, say to the fallen petals, as these petals grace the ground, so too shall my desires come around. So be it. You can also float. Do a a flower petal float, and this would include lighting floating candles in a bowl of water and say, by the power of three times three, may may fire and flowers fuel my spell, then state your intentions, so mote it be. And that's pretty Wiccan language, so if Wiccanism is not your thing, if Wicca is not your thing, you can adjust that language a little bit. Then drop the flower petals into the bowl around the candles and meditate on your intention. So that's all I have for this first round of flower magic. Amber, take us on an herbal journey. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. So as you kind of touched upon and we talked about, plants are such an integral part of life. And for as long as humans have been on Earth, our lives have deeply been interconnected with the botanical environment. Mm -hmm. The spiritual or magical power of plants has been cataloged through centuries of observation and use. And botanicals are one of the basic building blocks of witchcraft. Mm. Yep. They have been and are the primary component of magical spells from every tradition around the world. You just can't escape them. They're everywhere, girl. Yep. It's all about them plants. Different flowers, different places, but same idea. Exactly. So many actually believe that shamanism and witchcraft actually first emerge as a botanical cult. And you had individuals that studied plants, communicated with them, and learned all about them, acquiring the knowledge of physical healing, magical, and psychoactive effects. That's so interesting because that just actually struck me. I took a class in the fall with the Village Mystery School here in Portland called The Burning Times Never Ended. Oh, I was so sad I could not take that with you. I know. Well, there will be other rounds. It was really, really fascinating talking about witchcraft and capitalism and all these things that were really wild. But one... One of the breakout sessions, we talked about, like, what is witchcraft to you? What When I say that, what does that actually mean? And we're talking about witchcraft, you know, in the 1600s or the 1200s or yeah. earlier and earlier. What does that mean to you? And I found myself thinking something about using plants to create change that would have, like, led into medicine and science. And there's it's such an integrated thing. But it, there was definitely, like, the, the ladies in the kitchen – cooking up herbs and brewing and doing things. So yeah, that made me think. So I know we've also talked about this in in multiple episodes, but what's interesting is that throughout history and in many past civilizations, just as you don't see a separation of magic from daily life, you see no separation between doctors, healers, witches, or magicians because they all possess the power of plants. So Katie already went through and discussed flowers and I'll be delving deeper into herbs. So there are so many herbs that are used in magic and have specific uses. Some are even identified as under the dominion of various spirits, gods, or goddesses, and there are even myths attached to the origin of certain herbs. In many traditions, the idea is that if you went to petition a certain god or goddess for something in particular, you would use a herb in a specific way. Yeah, that tracks. I want to also state that some people might complain that I'm calling... Herbs, herbs rather than herbs. Yeah. <laughs> so there is there is a little bit of distinction in how we pronounce it, but whatever floats your boat. Yep. And yeah, you are married to an Australian. I so. am. So he has, <laughs> you don't understand, he has ground into me that the H is not silent. Well. And. Okay, we David. always say okay. herbs. He gives 
Yes, he will give me shit if I do not. That's fair. Look, yes. we're gonna we're gonna be on both sides of this. Yes, yes. I'll say herbs. You say herbs. There you go. Even pl- anyways, going back to what we were saying, even planting a specific herb for a particular purpose, whether it be strength, love, fertility, or what have you, was a way to appeal to the associated god or goddess. I absolutely love this because the simple act of gardening or tending to the earth then becomes a spiritual ritual. As we know, there are so many herbs. So many. Too many to count. A million, jillion. A a million, jillion. And unfortunately, I'm sorry. I do not have the time. I ain't got time for that. Yeah, whatever. I do not got time for that. And I don't think you have time for that or want to listen to me. You just give me a few. (laughs) So I'll, I'll give you a few. Thanks. And I basically what I decided when I was kind of figuring out this list was I wanted to talk about herbs that are really easy to obtain. So most likely you're going to have these already in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. You'll have access to them without even having to probably even go somewhere to grab them. That's nice of you. Yeah. (laughs) Thought I'd make it easy. Totally. So after that, I'll be ending off with something that's a little bit more controversial, but ingrained and you cannot separate from the history of plant magic, which is baneful herbs and the poison path. Okay. That's dun, cool. Dun, Can't wait. Dun. Yeah. And as I've said before, and I will continue to say that magic is all about what feels right to you. So even though these herbs are associated with particular traits, if something else calls to you more, just use that. Yeah, absolutely. Always. I, I know I've said Except, this. Except, you know, when we times. talk about the toxic plants and things, but of we'll get past that. <laughs> exactly. But I've said it multiple times. I will say it again. So, anywho, let's get started. If you need a herb that confers wisdom, strength, and or visions, you can turn to the sacred herb of the god Apollo, which is the bay leaf. Ooh, I've got those. Yeah. <laughs> you use them to cook. Yep. So, most likely, they're already in your kitchen. And the myth goes that one day, Apollo decided he would tease arrows about his arching skills. They were both incredibly skilled archers, but Apollo thought that he was way better than arrows. And so he demeaned him by citing his short stature and inability to shoot arrows properly. Arrows took this to heart and launched two arrows, one tipped in gold and another in lead. The golden arrow pierced Apollo's skin and gave him an insatiable lust for the person he first saw. This person was Daphne. Daphne was a beautiful girl, the daughter of the river god Peneus. The lead arrow unfortunately struck her. Sucks. Yeah. Bummer. Yep. Given her a strong hatred for all things romantic. Oh, that's God, unfortunate. That would really suck. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Apollo's sudden advances on her were sickening to her. Imagine someone's like, hey, girl, how you doing? And you're like, uh, I feel, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well. That's maybe happened before. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was like, wait a minute. That has happened before. Yep. So Apollo continues to chase her until she becomes exhausted and be, and she has to beg her father for help. He quickly transforms her into a laurel tree and her legs grew into the ground like roots while her head and arms sprouted leaves. These leaves are what we know today as the bay leaf. Mm. Apollo, ever enchanted by Daphne, plucked some of her leaves and adorned himself with them, all while weeping for his loss. My Daphne, come to me. Sweet Daphne. Sweet, sweet Daphne. (laughs) The laurel tree has since been the symbol of the god Apollo and also a symbol for poets for whom Apollo dedicated the laurel tree. Ah, like poet laureates? Yes. Is that the same thing? I don't know. What if You know what? I never thought about that, but I think that's that's Google worthy. I think that makes sense. I'll write it down for later. Yes. Y'all go out there and let us know. Yes. Thank you. Let us know. (laughs) The goddess of love, Aphrodite, or also known as Venus, is actually associated with two herbs. Oregano, or as you British people love to say, oregano. Oregano. (laughs) Oregano. (laughs) And marjoram. Oregano was designed by her hand to represent joy. She planted the herb in her garden on Mount Olympus to show the humans below a physical representation of what happiness looks like. Marjoram, yeah, that is sweet. But it's kind of like also mean because it's like what I hey they're on Mount Olympus you can't reach this so you can't really yeah you know because the gods the Greek gods were kind of like that so who knows we'll take it for what it was yeah face value they are pretty though with their little tiny delicate baby sweet flowers they Mm. are 
Marjoram, on the other hand, was made to have the scent of Aphrodite on it. So this meant any mortal who could smell and connect with Aphrodite whenever they pleased. Wow. Yeah. And so marjoram is believed to create a magical barrier against sadness. It helps to soothe grief and bring happiness. It can also be used for calming the mind, protection, and married love. It's associated with the plant mercury and the element of air. Mm. Yeah. And oregano is thought to bring good fortune and happiness and is commonly used in hand fastings. If you don't know what a hand fasting is, it's just a Wiccan ritual that is pretty... I would say similar to kind of marriage. Yeah, it's like a wedding ceremony. A wedding ceremony, exactly. It protects against negative energies and entities. It enhances keels, is protective. It is great for warding, thus is used while practicing divination, spirit work, and astral travel. Since Aphrodite, the goddess of all things love, adored her plants very much, the herbs themselves grew to be associated with marriage and love. Couples would wear garlands or crowns made of oregano and marjoram on their wedding nights in the hopes of having a long, happy marriage. Can you imagine that? Like, getting freaky and it smells mm-hmm. like a pot roast? That's kind of hot. <laughs> I know. Like, Actually, I said that. To, yeah, you, you, were you saying that as it was a Well, I was, yeah. I was saying it as like, eh, but actually I'm like, mm. You're like, that's hot. That Im- immediately makes me think of like, you know, if you cook a roasted turkey for Thanksgiving, yeah. that's what it smells like. I am salivating, so I guess the job is done. Yes, there you go. Well. <laughs> it is also said that if marjoram grows on the grave of a deceased person, that person is having a happy afterlife. That's I love the that. sweetest. That's so sweet. Can you plant it? Yeah, why not? I'll do it. If someone plants it, right, then that... It will be growing. It, yeah, I mean, it's just... Mm. The chicken or the egg, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it has to get there somehow. <laughs> exactly. Mint is associated with Hades, Persephone, and the river Nyad Nymph, Mynth. The mythos regarding this herb has a few different variations, but the through line is that Mynth was a Nyad Nymph of Mount Mintha in Elis, which is in southern Greece, who was loved by the god Hades. Oof. Yeah, but things got a little raunchy because we all know that Hades was married to Persephone. Yeah, that's true. After he basically kidnapped her. That's a whole long story we'll get into another time. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. So, anywho, during the vernal season when Hades' goddess bride Persephone would leave his side to tend to her earthly duties, Hades would spend time with Mynth because he was all lonely. I was like, really? Okay. Find some hobbies. Yeah. (laughs) After a while, Mynth began gossiping to the other nymphs and claiming to be superior to his wife, Persephone. Enraged by this blasphemy, Persephone was like, oh, hell no. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. None Uh -uh. of that. I got too much stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She transformed Mynth into a mint plant by stomping on her with all her might. That is rough going. Brutal. That sucks. Mint has since been the sacred herb of Hades and was even connected to him through the ancient funerary rites in which mint was used to mask the smell of the dead, which totally makes sense. It is associated with the element of air and can be used for protection, money, healing, exorcism, love, travel, consecration, and dreams. Nice. Now on to mugwort. Also known as Artemisia vulgaris, mugwort is a robust, easy-to-grow herb. It's a magical plant that opens the third eye and our ability to access our deepest intuition. It's reputed to strengthen psychic abilities and often used to wash the hands or the tools of someone performing divination, such as reading the tarot card or using a pendulum. Mugwort is often used in dream pillows to induce lucid dreaming and inspire messages from the universe that are received during sleep by placing it under the pillow. Now... Before moving on to baneful herbs, I wanted to discuss one of the most versatile herbs in a witch's toolbox. Okay. It is the time you must guess. Guess it? Let me think. (laughs) Most versatile. God, I would have said lavender, but that's the flower. And that's just me. It's rosemary, thyme. Okay, I'll, I'll give you some hints. Rosemary and thyme. It's okay. found in a kitchen. You could use it Salt. in no, savory or sweet. Oh. I, what else? It is brown in color. Clove? <laughs> close. Getting close. Cinnamon. Yes! Yeah! Cinnamon. Nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. Nailed it. On the seventh try. <laughs> Still counts. Exactly. Cool. So, yeah. Cinnamon is, 
not only is it very easily accessible, but it can be added to virtually any spell to enhance it or energize awesome. it. Awesome. It's amazing. It, it's, it's like the quartz of <laughs> Yeah. I just have this like of big herbs. tub of cinnamon. It's just, I love that. Yeah. yeah, me too. We have a giant one because we go through it so fast. Exactly. It's associated with the element of fire, the planet Mars, and it's used for success, healing, protection, prosperity, good luck, and of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, to enhance the energy of a spell. You just can't go wrong with that cinnamon. I just Googled it because I was like, I actually have no idea how cinnamon grows. And yeah, it's like it's an it's evergreen bar- tree. Oh, yeah. It's a bar like it's bark, right? Oh, my like God. The tree? That's so funny. Of course, like I've seen cinnamon sticks. I know yeah. what that is, but I just never I thought know. about how they grew. Yeah. I don't think I knew that it was from an evergreen tree either. Cool. You learn something new every day. Oh, wow. Hello. Hello. Wow. So before I begin the next section... I'm going to have to give you a good old boring but very important disclaimer. The information I'm about to give you is simply informational, people. Yeah. And in no way am I recommending the use of the next few herbs I will be discussing. Yes. Oh, my God. Be so careful. Yes. Don't touch them. Just just don't. (laughs) They are a no-no. Hashtag not for noobs. Not for noobs. So if you do want to always, always be careful when working with any herbs, especially when you are unsure of exactly what it is or what it's used for or how much to use. Always discuss it with a professional if you're unsure, and it's important because there are many lethal and poisonous herbs that can be used actually safely, but become deadly if handled incorrectly. So let's just not fuck with that yeah, shit. Yeah, don't fuck with that. The study of baneful herbs, ethogens, and plants known for their poisonous properties are all a part of the branch of magical herbalism known as the poison path. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. But if you haven't, feel free to Google through it. I do think that we need to delve deeper into the poison path yeah. in a future episode. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. We will hold on to that. So many people today see it as a hedge witchery. But the honestly, the truth of the matter is, is that the ritual use of ethogens by humans can be found in almost all religions and is not something relegated to only witchcraft. Like, it's just not. Right. And people like to make it seem like it is, but it really isn't. Anywho, I as we talked, we'll have to delve deeper into this at a later episode. Right. So for now, I will just be discussing a few herbs that were seen as an essential in a witch's toolbox. Right. You got to have it. Doesn't... I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. Right. But they are... They were very essential in the past, and they are still... Can be just thoughtfully, carefully, just be careful. I can't say that I know. enough. Yeah. yeah, we're going to keep saying it. So the three herbs that I will be talking about are henbane, wolfsbane, and mandrake. And remember, if you end up having any questions regarding anything we discussed, just feel free to reach out to us. Anyways, so the history of henbane, similar to the other highly poisonous and notorious members of this family, such as mandrakes or daturas, can be traced back to at least 4000 B.C., Throughout Southern and Central Europe and Eurasia. That's a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's really long. They've they've been around for a very long time. Um, Associated with the element of water and earth, the planet Saturn and Jupiter, and most commonly with the goddess Hecate, it is used for love, wisdom, astral projection, rain magic, necromancy, oracles, and vanishing. Interest. That's a lot of stuff. That is. On a lot of different spectrums. Exactly. Yeehaw. And... So during the Middle Ages, henbane was actually known as witch, a witch's herb. One of the major ingredients used in an ointment, and I, I'm blanking on the name. I think it was called the witch's flying ointment or like uh, flying yeah. ointment. And it gave the hallucinatory sensation of flying. Wow. So here's another thing you're going to learn. This is actually what gave rise to the witch on a broomstick archetype that Hold lasts up. to this day. I did Hold not up. know that. Wow. Yeah, I do okay. know that. You know, I am learning new things every time we do this exactly. podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah. So henbane actually induced a sense of body suspension and flight. But on the next day, the person would remember nothing of what happened. That's insane. Yeah. Well, now we can record everything. So yeah, that exactly. <laughs> You're like, replay that I'm tape. Flying. 
You're like, no, delete that. You're like, Katie, the whole time you were like, I'm flying. And I was like, no, bitch, you're sitting on the ground. Exactly. Get your shit together. You're in your own bed. (laughs) Get your shit and get it all together and pack it up. (laughs) Take it with you. (laughs) Y'all don't know. That's a Rick and Morty. Yep. That's good old Rick and Morty. Mm. I don't know how we can incorporate it, but maybe we need uh, magic and Rick and Morty. (laughs) Oh, we can do that. That'll be our April Fool's. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. Never mind. Don't don't remember we said that. So, moving on to aconite, also known as wolfsbane. It's a herbaceous perennial plant with purplish-blue flowers, which grows up to a meter in height. Its leaves and roots... Yeah, very tall. Its leaves and roots are extremely, extremely toxic and were used actually by the ancients as poison. Greeks called it and... Please do not tell my ancient Greek teacher because I can... I'm not going to be pronouncing this right. The Greeks called it aconitan... Without dirt, because it grows on rocky ground. And I'm definitely going to be messing up this one. They also called it lycocotonin. That's totally that messed great. up. I that, think that sounded perfect. We'll just, we'll go with that. Which means wolf slaying. Because it was traditionally applied by the arrows. Or, I'm sorry, applied to their arrows when hunting wolves. Wow. Oh, yeah, because wolf Spain is very much like the anti-werewolf thing. Exactly, yeah. anti-werewolf, yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. So myth actually says that Heracles was sent to fetch Kerberos. I, you will probably know him as Cerberus. Oh, Cerberus, yeah, yep. the dog. But Greeks would call him Kerberos. He was sent to fetch Kerberos forth from the underworld as one of his 12 labors. And if you don't know who Cerberus was, or Kerberos was. He was a three-headed guardian dog of the underworld. The spittle of the beast dripped upon the earth, and from it sprang the first aconite plant. And that's wow. how it came to be. That's I love associating... The mythos. The mythos We're mixing piece. the magic and the mythos. Exactly. And that's how the name of our podcast Get that's it, That's right. Magic and mythos. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. It is associated with the plant Saturn and the element of water and the deities Hecate or Medea. It can be used for protection and invisibility. Use this herb with great caution to consecrate the athame or ritual knife. Make an infusion with the leaves or roots to banish prior energy from magical blades and to infuse it with protection. The root or leaves may be burned as incense for the same purpose. Gather the fresh flowers to make a tincture to refresh the power of the knives. Or use an infusion as a magical wash for ritual tools or sacred space. Bring protection and magical watchfulness against negative energies in ritual wash a new cauldron in the infusion or burn aconite in its first fire cool yeah so now next we're moving on to to the mandrake the mandrake yeah or the mandragora what if i screamed right now to oh my god that reminds yeah oh my god (laughs) i know that's what that right i think i got that yeah close enough close enough So mandrake is a very unassuming little root with a formidable reputation. It is considered one of the most mysterious and potent of all magical herbs. Its uses and properties were referred by many classical authors such as Socrates, Themisthenes, Macrobius, and Theodora of Cyrus, who wrote about the sopophoric and anesthetic properties of this plant. In traditional herbal medicine, in the Middle Ages, the shape of the plant or any of its parts, namely their resemblance with any aspect of the human body, was indicative of its medicinal use. Oh yeah, so like if something looked like an elbow, it would it probably would help your elbow. Because okay. that totally makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so glad medicine has evolved. Yeah. So thus, the peculiar human body shape of the mandrake root indicated that it could be used to treat the whole human body, meaning that it could be used to treat and heal from different illnesses or conditions affecting different organs. Imagine the first person who found it who didn't know it was poisonous and Oof. probably was like, oh, maybe I could use this in some sort of tincture. Yeah. Let me Oof. take a bite out of that. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. You know there was a first. Of course. Always. I'm Ugh. sure. I mean, we could do a whole episode on the people who have died from the poison path, but. Yes. Whether intentionally or unintentionally. Unintentionally. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. So mandrake or mandragora is still used in countless magical spells and charms. It corresponds to the planet Saturn and the elements of earth and fire. It can be associated with the deities Circe, Diana, Hecate, Hathor, or Saturn. 
Wow. Yeah, a lot of deities. There are two distinct plants that produces roots called mandrakes. There is the European mandrake and the American mandrake. Oh, we would have to have our own, wouldn't we? Yes, yes, okay. of course. Well, actually, the European mandrake is, like, super rare. Wow. Very difficult. Like, purchasing even Seeds. A, a piece of it is, like, super expensive. Wow. Yeah. Thousands of That's dollars for, like, a whole one. Ewey. That's yeah. too much money. It's very... Uh, the European I'm, like, $40 mandrake, for a plant. Too yeah, you're like... <laughs> That's my budget. Yep. So, no, the European mandrake is also, I guess, very difficult to grow. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Amer- American mandrakes as well, not a- but not as difficult. Yeah. So, the European mandrake's roots contains poisonous alkaloids. And let me stress that every single part, okay, I'm going to repeat that. Every single part of the American mandrake is poisonous. So, the leaves, the stems, the roots, everything, the seeds, the juice and the unripe fruit. It, everything. Again, don't fox with it if you don't know. Just yeah. let's just keep it at that. Yeah, leave mandrakes to the Harry Potter franchise. Exactly. Leave it to fiction. Yes. There are a lot. Yes. It is a very powerful root, and it's used for protection, love, money, fertility, health. It's associated with the most intense practices of magic, and especially well-suited for love magic. It has great power as a visionary herb. It empowers visions, providing the impetus to bring them into manifestation. I just, I just, sorry, I just had to, I love it. I love the mandrake, the kind of the mystery and the powerful piece of it. Yeah. It intensifies the magic of any situation. A whole mandrake root placed in the home will bring protection and prosperity. Carried, it will attract love. The human shape of the root makes it well-suited for use as a puppet. Yeah, right? Mm. To activate a dried mandrake, place it on the altar undisturbed for three days. Then place it in water overnight, and the root will then be activated and ready for any magical purpose. Wow. You know uh, what's another really cool thing is that the root itself was thought to be the familiar of witches in the past yeah the mandragora yeah the mandragora yeah that was like a little creature yeah Mm. that's wild i don't want them things running around Mm -mm. they might be anyway i don't know i don't know they kind of seem kind of cute yeah they could get some stuff done they could imagine (laughs) so we will be moving on now to our offering and y'all i just want to say it has been a very very difficult year that we've oh heck of a year huh very very (laughs) heck of a year i can't believe it's over but it's not really over is it no and and that's (laughs) and that's kind of like where i where my mindset was when i was thinking of what we should offer right you know it's the new year but we would be lying if we didn't admit that Last year was especially difficult and Bad, that the yeah. dregs of everything that happened are not still following us around and yeah. still affecting us today. Totally. So I thought it'd be best to share a spell that is simple but really profound in the reminder to take care of ourselves, to be gentle with ourselves, and most importantly, love ourselves. Wait, can you tell me that one more time? Because I I really need to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to... One more time. Okay. You must remember to be gentle with yourself. Okay. Care for yourself. Who, me? Yes, you. And love yourself. Okay, I'm going to try it. Do it. I'm like about to cry right now. <laughs> Literally. Okay. We need that reminder sometimes. <sighs> yeah. And I want. I hope you guys are, are listening. I hope you're taking it in. We all deserve love. We all deserve self-care. Sure Please, do. please, even if it's a moment, do it. And so we're sharing a very, very simple, very simple spell. And it won't take that much time, but it's going to be very important if you can take a moment to do it. So here it goes. You're going to need a purple or yellow candle, your favorite essential oil, a mirror, preferably a full body mirror, to see all your greatness. Yep. A paper and a pen. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to sit in front of the mirror and light the candle. Spend some time writing about all the wonderful things about you on that paper. Everything. Your kindness. If you, you know, took care of a friend through a tough time. If you're a killer baker. If you're a killer foodie. Whatever it may be. Write it all down and spend some time meditating on those things. Allow yourself to vividly remember each affirmation. And when you're ready, anoint your forehead, wrist, and neck 
with your favorite essential oil. While looking into your own eyes, recite, I am made from earth, fire, water, and air. For a purpose I was declared, to bring the world beauty and light, to remind everyone of why it is bright. Oh my God. Allow the candle to burn all the way through, Read your affirmations every night before bed and every morning when you wake up. Keep the paper in a safe place or sleep with it under your pillow. And the spell is best cast on a Sunday evening or during the waxing or full moon. Or you know what? Whenever you damn please. Yeah, whenever you need a little boost. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I, I feel it even just saying it. This it, like you have to re- remember. You, you're like remind yeah. yourself. What is one thing that you would write down about yourself? That's oh my god! You're putting me on the spot. I know now. I'm about to cry. I know you're putting me on the spot. What? That's such a good question. I would say that I love really hard. Mm. That when I love, whether it be a friend or my husband or a family, like there is like nothing that can stop me from being by your side if you need me. Like I am there, and I have, and you know, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve with that. And I've, there's been many times where I have been very hurt by being that way, and I countless nights of crying. But even though I've been through a lot of pain because I'm that way, I would not change it. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm so much better for it, and I have so many beautiful people in my life, including yourself. Who me? Who my? You know, so that would probably be. I'm a, I'm a hard lover. The, yeah, that would probably it. Nice. What about you, Miss Katie? Oh gosh, crickets. I would write down that. Oh God, it's real. It is hard when you yeah. get put on the spot. It is. Like, what would I even write down? Come on, you you could give it to me. Oh, this is like when someone asks you what restaurant they should go to. And every restaurant you've ever been to is out of your brain. <laughs> I Well, it's also, it's interesting, right? It's one thing to be like, oh, what do you like of this person? Yeah. And, and we can say that easily. But when you have to self-reflect, I think we are so hard on ourselves. It's hard to be like, wait, what? Like... No, I I am good. Like I there is goodness in me and there are these things that I need to I just need to remember. I've got mine. Okay. Do it. <laughs> As you Give were it. talking, I was like, "Oh, mm, ah. I have a very large capacity for work." Oh, nice. I can take on a lot of stuff, which I think has to do with like part-time management, part just kind of always having done that, having worked with nonprofits a lot yeah. and you get a lot of things piled on you. You know, the the maybe, I know we're not supposed to talk about the negative, but the negative side of that being sometimes I have a hard time saying no we, we to have cool to. projects. We, we can't we can't separate it, right? <laughs> but the whole light and shadow work. <laughs> exactly. And, and so maybe that manifests in me taking on too much sometimes, but I love doing new things and finding ways to fit new things into my schedule. Well, if you didn't, we wouldn't have this podcast, right? I know. Lord knows I should have said no to this one. (laughs) She's like, so much regret. And still might. No, I'm kidding. I won't. I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. So that's mine. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to do this though, because this is- yes powerful i'm gonna get myself a new I, notebook I, I know i was like feeling it as we were talking about it oh do a little gratitude journal in the morning mm-hmm. oh it's time for that i need to give myself a hug every day yes wake oh. up and just give yourself a hug can you imagine oh mm-hmm. anyway thank you all for joining us for this botanical magic experience oh yes i love the word botanical too because it reminds me of the botanical gardens with yes. all of the butterflies and mm. oh i love that and i love those three words together botanical magical experience yes they just work so well i love it oh and beautiful butterflies yes so if you would like to find more information about us and our podcast we have several ways in which you can do that you can check out our website at magic you can find us on social media and that would be instagram at magic and mythos facebook magic and mythos podcast twitter at underscore magic and mythos we're still working on that one. <laughs> There's someone out there with at Magic and Mythos with no followers, and I'm trying to get Twitter to jump on board. Yeah, what is going on? That's been like going on for like half a year now. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But we would also love for you to get in touch with us via email at Magic and Mythos 
podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us feedback, shoot us topic ideas. If you're a practitioner, we'd love to talk to you. We're hoping to incorporate some interviews at some point, maybe yeah, next season. That would be great. We have another episode coming up in two weeks, and that one is going to be the last episode of this season. We're going to take a little mini break, maybe about a month, and then jump back and get back right. Get back right. Oh, (laughs) God. Yeah. It's late. (laughs) Yeah. So we're really excited to come on back for that, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Leave us a review. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review. It helps us find more audience members to listen to our show and gets our, our name out there a little bit, and that's super helpful. So if you have a second, anywhere you listen to podcasts, that'd be rad. Nice. Well, until next time. As above. So below.